0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant Based and Happy podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E dot com forward slash P O D C A S T. This helps me amp up the podcast. Finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Hey everyone, welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant Based and Happy podcast. Today I'm super excited because I am chatting with the founder of the Yoga Integrated Science Wellness Studio in Louisville, Kentucky, Lauren Irk. Her studio is so amazing because it offers yoga, pilates, personal training, yoga therapy, and one of my favorites, muscle activation technique services. Lauren has a multitude of certifications, including a 500 level yoga instructor with the Yoga Alliance with over 35 years of experience in health and wellness. She's also a Yoga Alliance continuing education provider. She is the developer of the 500 hour registered Hatha Yoga School yoga integrated science. She's a certified muscle activation techniques, RX full body specialist making her one of the leading experts in the treatment of muscular imbalances. Her training has enabled her to work with highly sensitive clients that suffer from complex ongoing neuromuscular issues. Lauren is an international continuing education provider, AFS mentor, brand influencer for Athleta brand clothing, and a member of the Body Bar instructor team. Lauren has a passion for animal rights and partners her business with the Humane Society in Kentucky and has since January of 2013. Lauren is basically my idol and I am so excited that I actually got to chat with her on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant Based and Happy podcast. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer.
0: This is amazing. So, the one thing that struck me about you that I think is so cool is you are incredibly certified. And I'm secretly jealous, by the way. Uh, I would love to know <laughs> where you began with respect to all your certifications and just like what led you initially to a career in wellness. What started it all?
1: Well, uh, Jennifer, I actually started my career in fitness at an early age. Um, I was an anorexic um, as a teenager and suffered from uh, self-esteem issues and eating problems back in grade school and high school both and had to do a lot of inner work on myself. So that really prompted me to want to study a lot more about fitness and health, um, especially in my college years. And at a very young age, um, in my early 20s, because of all the years of abusive exercise, my joints were falling, you know, really having a hard time. I was in a lot of pain. I had my first knee surgery in my late 20s, um, actually teaching an aerobics class. Uh, A lot of the activities at that time in the early 90s were very hard on knee joints and foot and ankle. And um, my career had an, an abrupt halt at a very young age. And my second knee surgery happened a few years after that. So that really prompted me on the path of understanding how the body works, um, understanding a lot more about anatomy and nutrition, and trying to help other people that are also noticing that their bodies aren't performing as well as they would like. Um, I also have a very big um, interest in helping people with uh, their diet and health esteem as healthy self-esteem as well, just because of the things that I suffered from. So throughout all those years, Um, I just took a lot of courses and I'm going to continue to take uh, things the rest of my life. It's just a huge interest of mine and I feel very blessed to actually be in this field. Oh, that's incredible.
0: And it's interesting because I think back to high school for me, for example, and in in that time, the WAIF model was super trendy, the supermodel who was super skinny, Kate Moss, um, I can't think of any other names, but... It's interesting to see how that has shifted today to what is beautiful. And I think it's shifting in the right direction. I think that there's still many, many women with body issues. Uh, you look at Instagram and everything's heavily filtered. So it's, you look at women thinking, oh my gosh, she's perfect. Meanwhile, there's about 10,000 filters. So there are yes. newer things that have come out that will... Play on a woman, especially her self esteem. But I think that the trend is leading more towards being healthy. And, you know, I thought at 98 pounds when I was 16 years old that that was healthy, and mm-hmm. clearly it was not. So mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that. And I definitely resonate with that. And I think a lot of our listeners do too. When you're looking at all these images, and it's like, well, Am I supposed to look like that? How come I don't mm. look like that it's I mean it's just another version of uh years ago when a magazine would come out, and it, the cover was photoshopped so it's very it's it's quite interesting. Did you face any challenges during your training, like for your uh certifications? Was there a moment that you that comes to mind now that you think, "Oh my gosh, I don't know how I got through that
1: uh well over the years, all the different things that I've trained in has sort of reflected what I was, the, that stage of my life in a sense. Mm. So, um, you know, I think part of the problem, not only with people wanting to look a certain way and to be pressured into performing a certain way, um, it was also about, you know, how fit you were and how much you compared to others' athleticism, um, the things that you were supposed to do in, in in your profession. I mean, if you remember back in the '90s and even in the 2000s, um, early 2000s, you know, the definition of a good instructor back then, and, and I, at that time I was teaching group classes as well as doing one-on-one trainings, the definition was really about how much choreography you could do, how well you could do it, and how well your body was able to conform into all these positions. So I, I was, when I was a young girl, I studied ballet for 14 years, and I can remember instructors always telling me that my, my, my turnout wasn't very good or my feet didn't point the way that they needed to. And I think that maybe catapulted me into a lot of body images. Um, but even as I got further along, studying various forms of fitness and all these different realms that have come and gone through the, through, through the years, um, you know, my structure was not able to perform uh, the same way as other people's. And um, that really um, wrecked havoc with my uh, feelings of self-worth. Mm. And so generally, I, I thought back then that if I just continued to work harder, or if I put in more hours, or if I continued to push myself, that eventually my body would turn into those things. And in reality, what ended up happening is that it, helped, it actually caused me to start breaking down. Uh, now, I think there's definitely been points in my career that I could have stopped and just given up, but what I chose to do is kind of change directions a lot and start to educate myself as to why I was not able to do these things, and um, maybe just finding along the way what it was that I that I really was good at and things that I actually could do and things that I could, um, you know, send out my message to other people. And throughout all the years that I've been in fitness, now um, just turned fifty this past year.
0: Oh, you, know, you look those, amazing,
1: I'm, by the way. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. But, you know, most of my clients are like me. They, they have, um, they pushed themselves to the nth degree when they were younger, thinking they could achieve this unattainable look and feel and image, and they are paying dearly for it. And um, I'm in the business now of how to keep people from having to stop exercising and how to understand how to fix, fit the exercise that they want to do into their body to nourish them instead of, instead of just breaking them down. Um, So it's definitely been um, a hard, arduous journey for me, and I've had to learn uh, things many times the hard way. So um, I definitely would like to help others not to have to go through the things that I push myself through.
0: No, that's incredible. And I think too, with individuals, every body, every body is completely different. And to try, and I, I know exactly what you're saying about years ago when I was doing fitness competitions about...
1: Making every
0: yeah, so uh, making every body look a certain way, and you know, for example, I couldn't develop my legs the same as the girl who was competing beside me. I I was always upper body heavy, and I could develop my shoulders and my arms, but my legs would never. You know, I I would literally try, like you were saying, to work harder, to be in the gym longer, and. It really came down to studying all of, especially things like muscle activation techniques and yoga, and understanding that my body is completely different than your body, than my girlfriend's body, uh, and understanding that, and then finding something that works for the individual body and not just trying to put everyone into one category. And this is what it should look like. Yes. And yes. I find too sometimes when an Instagram can be pretty damaging at times, I, for all the great things it is, it can be pretty damaging to the point of, you know, you're looking at a yoga posts, for example, and you're wondering, well, why the heck can't I do that? Or why won't my body do that? And the thing that people should know about yoga is that your body is capable of doing what it is capable of doing and yes. finding a pose that feels good for you and feel, you know, that speaks to you is one of those things that I wish pictures could convey, mm-hmm. but unfortunately they, they don't.
1: <laughs> no, that's Unfortunately, if you want a lot of likes on your page, you've got to show all those things. It's, it's uh, it's crazy the way that that Social media has changed things in our culture. Oh, absolutely,
0: and yeah. it's just a—it's just another version of uh, somebody looking at a magazine cover and wondering why right. I don't look like that or I can't do that. Right. But it's yeah. interesting, and you know, I did—I mentioned earlier that I started off as a fitness model, and I was also a personal trainer. I was heavily into weightlifting, and then I got into CrossFit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really wasn't until, and all of these components are looking at the body in a in a different way. But it wasn't until I st- I took my Jump Start Muscle Activation Technique course that I started to f- understand the body and understand about the imbalances. And mm-hmm. from years ago when I was thinking all I care about is muscular symmetry and banging out a hundred pull ups. To now, I'm actually wanting, I'm more worried about having all my muscles firing. Right. And some people can't understand that because they're like, well, if you're working out, then you're firing muscles. But that's the one thing that I think MAT really opened my eyes to. So maybe you can share a little bit of your experience with MAT and then maybe how, because I think that they're all complementary. how yoga, muscle activation techniques, and Pilates work well in conjunction with each other?
1: Um, well, I started getting involved in, uh, yoga because of all of the problems that I was having with my knees and my ankles and the activities that I was involved in were not, they were not comfortable anymore.
0: Mm.
1: And so myself, it sounds like if you were a fitness model, you can definitely resonate with this. Um, a lot of us in the fitness industry are very addicted to fitness. And so we love exercising and we want to um, have our bodies perform at a very high level. And so it's, it's a very big hit on your self, uh, not only your self esteem, but your overall, you know, your, your worth, your inner worth, your, your, your will to do other things. If you can't, you know, you I'm sure you're one of these kind of people, you go on vacation, the first thing you do is you try to find a place to go work out and um yeah. So when you can't <laughs> yes. work out, yeah. So when you can't work out anymore, or when the things that you used to, that you're used to doing hurt all the time, you kind of get into a panic. Like, what what am I going to do now? Like, I you know I can't do this. I can't do that. And so that's really what brought me to yoga. But you know, I think there's this idea out in the world that yoga automatically makes you better. And it was my experience actually. I was working with a senior yoga teacher here in Louisville. I've told this story a million times. And I was developed a a lot of trust with her. I still very much, uh, you know, love her to death, but um, I was learning a specific style of yoga that was uh, extremely rigorous. And I was getting these manual sort of passive adjustments. And um, I had an instructor who she came over and adjusted my knee in a a specific pose and tore a meniscus in my knee. It popped right then.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: um, I was actually on tour with fit tour that year. I was doing, um, like 40 different cities and I was teaching some yoga workshops and my knee was just clicking and popping the meniscus basically ended up getting into the joint space and I had no choice but to have it clipped out. And so I can remember when I got back from that surgery and and I didn't even know that I was going to have the other one was going to blow 2 years later um it was like I couldn't do the yoga now. And everything mm-hmm. that I would thought I could do sitting on the ground was 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 a challenge and um Anyway, I had to figure out for myself how I was going to make this work, and um, that's what really um, I was involved in. Some other courses at the time, um, trying to understand exercise mechanics, and I met Greg Roscoff of MAT um, at a conference. Actually, at an idea conference, I was there presenting one weekend and went into one of his workshops. And um, I can remember the very first time I was treated. I was I flew out where I was taking a course. And my lower back was killing me the whole time, and the outside of my knee was hurting from the knee surgery. And actually, there was an MAT in the room. And he said, Can I work on you? And I was like, Work on me? What are you talking about? And so we went back in the back, and he was testing my muscles. And I thought I was fit. I thought, Y'all wanna blow through these. Yeah. I was incredibly <laughs> weak on everything. And um, I, it, it actually was surprising. I didn't realize just how, you know, when my, my muscles went into the extremes, which that's what yoga really is. Um, that my muscle, my muscle function was, was very poor. So after that treatment and I flew back home, that was the first time in almost a year that I didn't feel like I had to stretch out my hip or stretch out my knee and I didn't have back pain. So um, I started to really recognize that a lot of yoga, and, I, and I'll say Pilates as well, is done, even though it's a mindful activity, um, it can be also done mindlessly, and there are a lot of people out there that are using yoga to also force themselves into positions and going through Pilates in a very rapid way. And um, I think for me, the, the MAT has taught me so much more about awareness and mindfulness that all the years of practicing yoga that I had done previous to it, because it really, it's kind of like putting your body up on a lift in a, in a, in a, in a mechanic shop and taking a look at every aspect of, of that vehicle. You're taking a look at every aspect of how your joints move from left to right and your muscle function from left to right. And when you start to recognize that there are these big deficits in your body that could have been there from all the years of abuse that I, that I suffered from as a kid, um, and a teenager, you know, I realized, wow, you know, my yoga practice is not serving any of this. And so it actually, uh, propelled me into creating uh, my own specific style of yoga that is based on integrated isometrics and progressive resistance training and also to approach Pilates in a much more mindful way Um, and I think that when they are done in conjunction with MAT which is designed to locate treat and eliminate muscular imbalances I think that the 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 MAT is very well serviced by taking yoga and Pilates that are that are correct, that are that are progressively uh, appropriate and sound for the individual. I think there's no per- there's no more perfect way for someone to really address their their issues and keep their joints, uh, you know, aging well.
0: Right, and I love that you mentioned that when you were doing yoga, it wasn't serving you because you were basically doing it mindlessly. And I think between being mindless when you're practicing yoga, which is certainly not the point of yoga and right. having all of these yoga fusion classes popping up or there's one there's one here in in Toronto actually that's um, it's like it's a power yoga on steroids and I took one of the classes of course I had to and it was mm-hmm. literally I left the class and I said to my husband because I dragged him along and I said that was not yoga that mm-hmm. was an hour of Abusing my body when, for me, because I'm lifting weights and I'm still doing some hybrid CrossFit workouts, it, it's supposed to be more of a balancing exercise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, to balance out and to, because for me, it's all about having nutrition and then meditation and then also incorporating some yoga, which is going to help balance my body. And then with the MAT, of course, but that certainly wasn't. And I think when people don't understand that or understand their bodies, and I wish everyone could take an MAT course, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because you definitely become very aware of your body. And it comes right down to when the MAT specialist asks you to press into their hand with 10% of your weight. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, and it took me a long time in the first class to really connect with that because everyone is so, and especially if you come from a fitness background is so geared towards giving it your all. And I love how you mentioned that you were going to blow through those tests, the comparative tests, because I thought, I thought the same thing. Oh, I'm going to be fine with this. Mm -hmm. And I was also weak on all points, uh, starting in my ankles and, and especially the hips. But I do think that what you're doing is so incredible because you're almost bringing yoga back to what it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to complement somebody's lifestyle and not tear the body down. And that's what MAT is. It's supposed to build the body back up and create right. those balances again and not tear it down. My job is to go to the gym and tear my body down. But then my MAT specialist, her job is to put me back together again. So mm-hmm. to, to be doing that with, with, Pilates and yoga, and then also, let's say somebody goes to the gym and they're lifting weights, then you're really
1: doing yourself a disservice. Right. So I love that you mentioned that. Absolutely. Yes. I think I think that MAT is such a wonderful tool and um, it definitely will help you to understand what you need to focus on in whatever you're doing, whether that's CrossFit, whether that's yoga, whether that's a running, whether that's Pilates, um, lifting weights um many times we think that these activities alone are going to you know access all these different parts of our bodies and help make us completely healthy but you know people tend to gravitate towards things that they're good at and mm-hmm. um they tend to within those practices gravitate towards the exercises that they enjoy and we typically um you know stay within those ranges all the time and we think that we're fit and then when you really have everything adge- addressed joint by joint to the extreme range of motion that that joint comes into, you realize that you know, gosh, maybe there are certain things that I need to include in my fitness program that I'm not currently including. That could actually help my overall performance improve, help me to move with less pain and just you know a greater sense of of joint stability, which I think is what what really what everyone wants from their exercise program, whether they realize it or not.
0: Absolutely, and I think too, if 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 I if my twenty year old self could understand what my forty year old self understands today about rebalancing the body and stabilizing the joints, and if I could tell that twenty year old self, you know, your recovery time will be less, the inflammation mm-hmm. will be less. I don't know if I'd listen to myself today, but. Um, <laughs> But it, it's one of those things that I wish everyone could, could understand. Yes. And I think too, um, and I mean, there's so many individuals that I talk to who say, I tried yoga, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different answers. And even I'm, I'm, I have to be honest. So when I first tried yoga, many people on this podcast know this, that when I first tried yoga years ago, I actually couldn't stand it. <laughs> I thought it was terrible yes. and fast forward to today now I'm doing this yoga teacher training but congratulations oh uh, thank you but I but I think my mindset has changed as well and the way and just especially with the MAT as a background I can look at it from a different vantage point and understand fully why I didn't enjoy my first experience
1: mm-hmm. but
0: for you i'm sure you've talked to some individuals who are like yeah no i just dislike yoga altogether um what why do you think that is like what what are some of the issues that you think come up with an individual when they try yoga for the first time and they just absolutely can't
1: can't go back or they just don't want to go back well, there's a saying in yoga. I actually have my own teacher training here in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, that we always say to people in the very beginning, "When the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear." Mm-hmm. So um, I think that you know, looking and you're talking about your 20 year old self. I look back at my 20 year old self, and I saw no need to slow down. I saw no need to sit still. Um, I saw no need to you know, move slowly. Everything had to be fast and hard and and to the nth degree. And unfortunately for me and for a lot of people, you know, they they see their body changing as they age and um, they see how their joints are not moving the same. Even with all the years that I've never stopped working out, your body will always change. And so um, when you start to do yoga, I think for a lot of people, they've never actually had to sit face to face with themselves moving that slowly Um, and certainly, if you think about it, yoga takes away the shoe, takes away your socks. It takes away fast-moving. In the beginning, it takes away all the equipment. You know, maybe we're used to getting on machines. Maybe we move barbells. Maybe we sit on a bike and ride through the street. You know, and certainly runners can go out and just move their body, but they're moving quickly, and so yoga is done in a very deliberate manner. Um, I just took a Tai Chi workshop. I've, I've been starting to study Tai Chi a little bit, And it reminds me so much of yoga and it's even more gentler in terms of how to get in and out of positions, even more so than yoga. And I don't think that even 10 years ago, I would have enjoyed as much as I actually did. I think that we realize the value as we get older and as we go through things, we realize the value of moving with less force and moving smaller and doing smaller and understanding that You know, all the the things that we love to do, all the fast-paced, quick movements that we love to do, a lot of times we get used to moving in positions and being in positions all the time. You know, take, take like a runner. They go outside and they just run. So think of the joint positions at the hip and the knee and the ankle that they might do for an hour straight. And so they go to yoga class and now they're being asked to flex their hip at 90 degrees or, or further, Mm -hmm. uh, flex the hip and spine, or they're at, they're being asked to stand on one leg and balance or they're being asked to just sit and breathe. Well, first of all, if you're a long distance runner sitting on the floor is going to feel excruciating our muscles. It's a, it's a fact through, 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 um, through life, our body adapts to the forces that it feels. And so when we haven't really, we we haven't uh, sort of played around with force. You know, we always think, well, I just put as much on as we possibly can. I'm just going to push as much weight as I possibly can. Well, have you ever just tried to lift your body in a slow controlled manner, lift your arm and take a full minute to bring your arms over your head? That is hard. And a lot of people don't really see the value in that because they think, well, I'm not going to lose weight. But in actuality, what you realize when you start to do yoga and this is, you know, obviously it takes time for people to get to the point where they're willing to do it. They actually reduce their inflammation. They actually can slow down enough to see where the cracks in the drywall currently are. And then when they reduce their inflammation, that provides the environment by which to burn more calories and to have their muscles function more efficiently. And they can actually lose weight in that environment and they can actually gain more control so that when they go back into the weight room, or they go back outside and run, their joints are actually able to move safely through a greater range of motion with more muscle control, and they can actually excel at their sport. But in the beginning, you can't tell someone that. And a a lot of times, unfortunately, it takes something like an injury, or like a joint issue, or a stress problem in your life to where it leads you to it. And you just have to be ready for it. And I think a lot of times too, People go to yoga classes that are misprogressed, that move too quickly, that ask them to go into these extremes that people don't have the ability doing and, and we feel unsuccessful. And so we don't want to return from it. So I think, you know, kudos to you for taking the time to going through a teacher training, a yoga teacher training and learning things the right way, learning about muscle activation techniques and trying to better yourself with better teachers, with more knowledge that these teachers have. I think that yoga can actually be more accessible to more people.
0: Agreed. And I think with the accessibility, um, and I I completely agree with your answer about somebody going to a yoga class that is too progressive for them or or just has movements that they're not doing on a daily basis or like you said, with a runner, for example. So I think um, maybe things like breaking it down for a class. no, Just recognizing your class and who you have standing in front of you and breaking it down to basics. And I find it interesting when a teacher does break it down, a yoga class into basics, like they'll break a ch- chaturanga down and start from scratch. Even the advanced yoga students still... Get some value out of that because, as you were saying, with the runner who is running and is their body has contorted to a runner's body and they're used to that. Somebody practicing yoga on a daily basis who is either coming too low in a chaturanga or, or whatever the case is, or they're hyperextending a knee, breaking something down to the basic pose and proper alignment can really help both the advanced. Yogi and the new student, and it and I think it benefits both. So there's, so for me, I think that I'll always incorporate that breaking down, especially if I see certain things in a class where it just doesn't look so fabulous for the body. Um, and I also think that people are afraid of change too, because coming to plant based nutrition, which is like my favorite thing to talk about, um, I would have never have stumbled upon plant-based nutrition or this little anti-inflammatory diet that I decided to follow had I not been diagnosed with endometriosis right and like you were saying with an injury um with certain health issues i think that a lot of people until it's you know that do or die moment then it's very i i mean i would have been very afraid of plant-based nutrition had i not have Taking the time to do the research about it, and then you know, come to find out that um, it works very well for me, and I haven't had a flare up in a few years, which is excellent. Right. But I also think that you know, it it like other things that are done properly helps to reduce inflammation within the body. And I do know that you have been a vegan for over 20 years, which is amazing. Uh, So maybe you can share your story because I love to hear the story of what led people to veganism, what what happened in their mind at that moment when they were like, I am done. I'm not eating meat anymore. I'm becoming a vegan or plant-based. So what's your story leading up to that?
1: Oh, I was a vegan before it was popular, and I got a lot of flack from a lot of people, including my own family. Um, you know, having come from an anorexic background, I think, I think my parents originally thought when I was going towards the plant-based diet that it was yet another crazy diet that I was going to get on. But in actuality, it's really simple. Um, I'm an animal lover, and um, I, you know, I was I was at home one day, I, 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 I sort of already... Thought about the dairy because I do have chronic asthma, and I was avoiding a lot of dairy products at that time, just because I wanted to, um, you know, try to help my asthma and my my you know the mucus and whatnot that asthmatics get in their lungs. And it, and I was already kind of messing with that. But um, I have grown up with animals my whole life, and and just I've worked with the Humane Society for many years. And um, I was on the internet one day. I'm being that I'm in Kentucky. Someone told me about a website several decades ago called KentuckyFriedCruelty.com, and I hope nobody looks at it, but I don't even know if it exists anymore, but I saw some of the most horrific pictures of factory farming that I have never gotten out of my mind, and there's more and more with the internet the way it is that these things are becoming more and more exposed, but I... I remember seeing what had happened to the chickens and I remember seeing what happened to a baby calf in some of the video shit footage that they, they said. And I just sat there in front of my computer and I just thought, that's it, I'm done. And I just, I just quit. Um, I will not participate in that. Yeah. And so um, I started by, I started off, I was already no red meat. I even as a little girl didn't care for it and I wasn't eating dairy at the time, but I completely quit um, chicken and fish. Uh, I think I, I kept fish for a little while. Um, I, I, I used to be one of those kind of people back in the day, I'd go to the grocery store and get the big roasted chickens and eat them because it was easy in college and whatnot. But after seeing that, I was just done. And um, it was very hard at first because, you know, you want sort of a certain kind of flavor and consistency at the end of your meal. And I sort of felt like it was something missing. So I kept the fish in for a while. But then one day I just looked at it and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And this, thing, this fish uh, was, a, was a living creature and I can't eat this anymore. So I started substituting um, the seafood for other days, eating um, you know just vegetables. And over time, I think a lot of vegans will tell you, you don't miss the meat. You don't miss the, the fat. Um, you yeah. don't miss the dairy. You, you end up to where you're at work and you, you crave going home and making a, a, a great rice, a rice or, or quinoa and vegetables or beans or whatever it is. And, um, now, um, you know, I definitely feel like there's so much literature out there. I know my fiance, who well, we've been together two and a half years. He was a big meat eater when I met him. He and his two boys are all vegetarian now just from being me. And, um, We've watched a lot of documentaries. You can anybody can access them on Netflix or um, yeah. any of those places. There's so much information about the the, ins- the fact that the, the 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 animal, you know, killing animals and eating animals, is is unsustainable for our planet. Um, and it's all of the health issues. I know for myself, my, it helped my asthma. My doctors are always amazed. My blood my blood work is always through the roof. I remember I dropped several dress sizes. Um, I've been able to continue to work out and be strong and gain muscle. My body changed a lot, but you know, all, all the things that have come out about plant-based diets that about the inflammation piece, I kind of just knew I felt better when I was doing it, but honestly, I just, I don't want to eat animals. I don't want to participate in that. And I just don't, I don't buy leather products. I mean, I just, I'm i I'm just a very, uh, ethically, I, I just can't participate in that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, coming from a health perspective, because I went plant-based for health reasons, it eventually developed a deeper connection in me with all animals. Mm-hmm. And so, like where I used to watch a commercial for a steakhouse, I'd be like I'd be like, oh, that looks so good. Now I look at it and I'm just like, that is a dead carcass yep. on a grill and it's disgusting. Yep. And it's interesting how that shifted in me, and i I mean, I didn't have those intentions in the beginning, but now I think what happens too is the more you educate yourself, the more documentaries you watch, and the more you talk- the more people who I have on this podcast who I talk to about things like this it you can't go back, you can't yeah. unlearn what you've learned, you can't yeah. unsee what you've seen and I mean, I understand how there's there's so many uh, vegans who, who can be quite aggressive in their approach. And it's just because it's almost like you know something that somebody else doesn't fully grasp. And it's very frustrating trying to explain it to them. Yeah. Um, and I always find it interesting too. So when I see or hear about let's say a yoga teacher, for instance, talking about meat. I think I saw on on social media, this yoga teacher was talking about this big steak that she was gonna have for her birthday. And I just thought that is so counterintuitive. It doesn't even make sense to me. And Mm -hmm. I mean, because part of yoga philosophy suggests practicing nonviolence. And I, I take that from a human perspective to an animal perspective. So to me, killing an animal and eating it Especially since it's not necessary because we now know that you can get all of your vitamin vitamins and nutrients Absolutely. out of a plant based diet. Uh, so it's completely unnecessary. I just find that it's that to me those two things like yoga teacher and eating a piece of steak for your birthday don't really mm-hmm. connect. <laughs> what are your thoughts about
1: that? How do you feel about that? Um, well. I mean, I, get, I obviously I've gotten a lot of questions about that throughout all the years and 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 what what I believe that, that yoga teaches you. And I and I, and again I'm I'm always I always want to I feel like yoga can heal the world. I really do. I've always felt that way. It definitely healed me. And my goal in 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 my work is to get people to understand how to know more about themselves, which to me is what yoga is about. And um I found throughout my life that preaching to people about meat has never been the way to go. I teach from my example, and I've been an example to my entire family for decades. And I will happily say that most of the you know, times that I have to gather with my family, we always have vegan options now. And um, a lot of my family members have thought more and more about eating meat. But if someone is going to practice yoga, um, and this is something that BKS Iyengar said in his book, Light on Yoga, The teaching of yoga is about, it's about respect and it's about loving one another. And um, when you start to practice, even if you never knew that this was the philosophy and you just came to class because you just wanted to improve your flexibility, think of the poses that you're being asked to get into. Downward facing dog, Mm -hmm. locust pose, the cat pose, the cow pose, the, you know, the cobra pose. Those poses are named that way for a specific purpose, and it's designed to help us to respect all forms of life. If you think about it within the same practice, we're practicing poses that are insects at the same time poses that are named after some of the great scholarly sages of of that culture. So it teaches you how to understand that the same life force runs through all forms of creation. From the human all the way down to the insect life and, 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 plants too. And it's our job to not only respect animals, but also to respect our planet. And that truly what yo- is, what yoga is all about. That's the laws of karma. That's how we actually learn to be happier when we, when we do right, just because it's right, it automatically right comes back. Yeah. So I don't see how, you know, I, I, when I look at something like that and someone says something like that, that what runs through my head is, is more about, she's just not there yet. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that if, if people could practice yoga and when I say yoga, not to turn people off, what I mean by that is a style that is designed to move slowly and teach you about, about moving with more mindfulness it's a natural progression that you would start to again learn about what's right for your body too because if you eat a big steak the next day when you go and you practice yoga you don't feel as good so it sort of goes away on its own you start losing interest in it and it's just a natural process and um, i think that as a planet the consciousness is changing i've i've read that burger king the impossible burger mm. is flying off the shelves i, th- oh, I absolutely think that there's more and more people that are aware of it. And I just want to commend you for putting a podcast out there. Um, Being vegan and and, um, respecting animals is is also extremely important to me. So I'm very honored to be uh, talking on your show and I thank you for what you're doing for the world.
0: Well, thank you. And I love that answer. Um, I I mean, I couldn't have come out with a better answer. I think that that's incredible. And it does speak to how how I like to influence people as opposed to taking an aggressive approach to things. Um, and I think too, it's, I mean, luckily I'm the sole cook in the house. So <laughs> all of my meat eating family members are now plant-based.
1: That's awesome. Um,
0: and, and just by default, because how else are they going to get fed? <laughs> So, right, exactly. so, so yeah, so I, I think that it's, it's super important what you're doing as well and, um, and how you're sharing wellness with people and especially it, it comes back to your story. And I, I am going to put all of your links in the oh, show notes you. so that our listeners can find you. Uh, you have YouTube, Facebook, Uh, Instagram, Twitter. So I'm going to throw all those into the show notes. But I wanted to know from you, um, does anyone along your journey uh, who you can think of, does anyone stand out who had an impact on you or or influenced uh, something that you changed or did along
1: the way? oh i've had so many different influences um so many people at different times i feel like were st- strategically put in my path to lead me to where i am now um and some of the people were the some of the some of the greatest teachers um were some of the worst experiences too um but i guess i have to give a lot of cr- of, of credit to greg Roskoff and what he has taught me um you know, I definitely, I, I believe as well that people should study MAT. Um, I've watched him struggle over the years with a lot of pushback through a lot of different individuals. And I've watched him um, have to grow his business and alter things and change. Um, he, he's also suffered a lot with his own body and, and has used his body almost like, a, um, almost like an instrument to try to figure out how to make MAT better. And um, he has taught me through all the years that I've studied with him. Um, he's always willing to answer questions. Um, and he has really brought me down a path to uh, really understanding muscles and how they work. It has changed how I approach yoga. It's changed how I approach exercise. And I've also watched him teach through the years. And um, all the years that I've seen him teach, um, he is very humble. Um, he he has a lot of patience with his students and he is very passionate about his work, which is the uh, uh, three qualities that I've always tried to hone from my own teaching. And um, I just definitely owe him quite a lot um, in terms of helping me grow into who I am today. Oh, that's wonderful. Final question for you, Lauren. Mm-hmm. If you could
0: go back and change one thing about your journey would you change something? And if so, what would it be?
1: Hmm. If I, if I had to change something, would you, I think
0: and, it, and it could be that yeah. maybe
1: you wouldn't change anything. Yeah. I think I, I wish that. And again, this goes back from when I was a teenager. I think that the one thing that I struggle with and I think, and I thought about this question cause I knew that you might be asking me this today Um, and I think the way that I would answer it is that over the years and, you know, when I was younger, I didn't trust what was inside of me. I tried to be what everyone else thought I should be instead of what the things that I was truly interested in. Um, I spent a lot of years in college studying things that I thought were appropriate for me to study. And then eventually ended up getting on the path that I'm on now. Um, I could make the argument that those things were good for me because it taught me how to think about other things. But I think we have to, I think for myself, I've learned that I have to really listen to what speaks inside of my heart and follow that versus what worrying about what everybody else thinks of me. Um, And so I would really wish that I was a little bit more bold when I was younger and went after things with a little bit more confidence, um, instead of having to go through so many experiences to get to where I am now and um i think going forward my wish is that i could um you know continue to be bold and to pursue my dreams with a lot more um you know excitement and a lot more um determination than i than i ever did before because i think being afraid and being um a little little too reserved and worried about other people's opinions when i was younger uh definitely has slowed as far as I've gotten into this industry, I think if I had, had maybe been a little bolder, I'd be a little further along, but it's all good. I'll get there. You know, uh, it's everybody's a work in progress.
0: Absolutely. And I think you're amazing. So thank oh, you so much for I coming want. on. And thank want. you for sharing your story and your incredible insights. And I think that you are definitely on the right path. And, oh. uh, and you're going to do amazing
1: things. You are doing amazing things. So thank, thank you so thank you, much. Jennifer. And, and back at you, you're also doing amazing things. And, and again, thank you for asking me to be on your show today. And I really admire all the great things that you're doing. Aw, oh, thank you.
0: The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the JenniferZ.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.